0: Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I am very thankful that you have taken out some time today to spend with me. I hope and pray that this episode will be helpful for you. I hope that this season is helpful, and and honestly, I hope that this entire podcast will help you in some way to weather the storms of life that you may be facing. I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and check out uh, this podcast on the Scattered Abroad Network, but also the other ones. Uh, we have uh, n- new material coming out every day of the week. We have uh, blogs that we write. We have a joint podcast that comes out the first Sunday of every month. So check out our YouTube page, Scattered Abroad Network. Uh, you can email us, contact us at scatteredabroadnetwork at com. You can visit our website, scatteredabroad.org. There you'll find all the information that you need about us. You can like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, and certainly we're striving to get out on as many platforms and avenues as possible. But we greatly appreciate your support. And I thank you uh, for listening to this particular podcast, but I do want to encourage you to listen to the other ones as well. Uh, with our goal of helping as many people as we can uh, to look to God, to build their faith, to grow their faith, and to trust in the Lord even more uh, by listening to these episodes of these podcasts. So again, I thank you for being with me today. And today we record episode 14 of uh, season three of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Broad Network. And you may recall that we are in the midst of a series. Lord willing, uh, this episode and next will be the final two of this uh, small five-part series as we discuss weathering the storm when you grieve. We've discussed. Uh, When you are in denial, when you are in the bargaining cycle or phase, when you say what if, Uh, and then last episode, we discussed how you can weather the storm when you are angry. And so denial, bargaining, and anger are the first three uh, cycles that we've noticed in the grief cycle, in the grief stage, if you will. And so today we want to think about part four, and that is depression. I am no expert, (laughs) by no means am I an expert, on depression, but over these past few years I've studied it quite a bit. I've listened to a lot of good brethren, a lot of good teachers, uh, even some medical doctors talk about depression, knowing that my dad and and my brother both uh, have a chemical imbalance. Both of them uh, struggle with depression, and I've got a lot of family members uh, who have struggled with that. I've got a lot of friends, uh, even fellow preachers, who have reached out to me and said, listen, I." you know, I get depressed, I struggle with this, and it's amazing how it can affect people differently. And so in this episode, I want us to talk about depression, what it is, what it looks like, but then to get more specific as to how we can weather the storm off depression, how we can come through it, and how we can get through this very difficult stage in the grieving process. As always, I want to begin by defining our terms and so as we think about depression, uh, this is basically when everything around you, you, f- you feel the worst of everything. Everything comes and depresses you, and it just kind of sucks away the joy from your life. I guess that's how I would describe depression. This is what one writer said regarding uh, depression as a stage in the grief cycle said in this stage we begin to realize and feel the true extent of the death or loss. Common signs of depression in this stage include trouble sleeping, poor appetite, fatigue, lack of energy, and crying spells. We may also have self-pity and feel lonely, isolated, empty, lost, and anxious. If you've ever dealt with depression before, then you can hear that and say, you know what, that describes me at one point or another. You know, thinking about my dad, I would say that all of these described him and what he's been going through, really no telling how long. I know it escalated over the past year or so, but I know he's been, he had battled depression for a very long time. But you know, after he passed away, going through this list and preparing this episode, I realized it described me. Trouble sleeping? I'm still having trouble sleeping. It's hard for me to fall asleep sometimes thinking about what happened, kind of replaying it in my mind. I know the poor appetite. I tried for the first few days to to eat and you know not think about it, but that was very difficult. Definitely with fatigue and lack of energy and crying spells, you know, all of that described what I went through in the first few days. But the thing about grieving is there's not really a timetable for it you You kind of it's called a cycle for a reason you you go through these and it kind of just keeps rolling you one day you may be in denial, one day you may be angry one day one day you may just be depressed you you have all of these feelings and emotions that kind of just come at you at once, and that's really how I felt during this this process and and maybe as you listen today, you can say you know i I know what that means too i I've felt that before as well when you think about depression. It is that which affects over 10% of the world's population. Now, think about that. Over 10% of the world's population. So if you're battling depression, you're not alone. And there are a lot of different factors. There could be uh, psychological factors, for sure. Uh, it could be a biological factor, you know, pass it on through your family. It could be a, a, a you know, sociological factor. There's all kinds of different things that tie into depression. And I'm afraid that it's just very misunderstood. And all of this that's happened with my dad really helped me to further appreciate that people are struggling. And sometimes when you battle depression, it really is a battle every single day. It can be the smallest thing. Just getting out of bed, getting dressed, you know, going outside, going to the store, those things that that some might take for granted. When someone's very depressed, those things are very, very difficult to do. And I noticed that with him the last few months. You know, the last few times that I was around him, but more than three million people in this country are diagnosed with clinical depression. Now, you notice there's a difference between someone going through a, a bout of depression and someone who has been diagnosed by a medical doctor with having clinical depression. And I know I've said this before on this podcast, but I want to say it again. If you're struggling with depression, go see a doctor. Take that medication that they give you. Now, I'm not saying to abuse it, but I am saying to take it and help yourself regulate that. Um, I, I pleaded with my dad to take his medication. He didn't take it for three months at a time. And I believe that had a lot to do with, with some of the pain that he felt in those last few days. If he would have taken his medicine, it might have been different. So if you battle with depression, go see a doctor and trust that and and do what they're say to do. And, and hopefully that can that can help you get through it. But there are times when everything else is fine, but because of something that's sudden like this, because of this storm that's kind of come out of nowhere, you experience depression maybe for the first time. And you, all these things that we've described already, you have a feeling of what that feels like. You know, when you go to the Bible, you find several examples of individuals who fit the description of being in depression. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Job. You read Job chapter 3, and of course, chapters 1 and 2, you have what takes place. Job has all of his children killed. Uh, They were killed away from him, of course, and then you have all of his livestock, all of his servants, everything, that his material wealth, his children, they're all taken away from him as Satan comes and uh, tries to destroy Job, tries to uh, destroy his character and integrity. Of course, Job holds fast to that. In chapter 2, Job affects Job's health takes away from him, and he has to deal with all of that. So when you come to Job three, you have a soliloquy, in other words, you have Job just picture him speaking up, just standing up, speaking his heart, and he said, "Curse the day that I was born. I don't want to live, and if that doesn't describe depression, then then I don't really know what does. You can also think of uh the example of David, you know David, who spoke of his his, his eye wasting away with grief and this idea of him being very anxious and not being able to sleep at night and, and other descriptions like that. So there are people in the Bible, they are godly people who struggle with feelings of depression. And of course, one of the most common examples is that of Elijah. And Elijah, of course, had that great victory on Mount Carmel, 1 Kings 18, but in 1 Kings 19, that same man, Elijah, is under a tree begging God to basically take his life from him. He said, I'm ready to die. And so when you think about depression, you're not alone. There were great godly people who read about in Scripture who battled with depression. Again, we've talked about this in the grief cycle. It's a normal, natural thing for you to go through bouts of depression. I want to uh, encourage you, if you haven't, uh, to go back and listen to a few episodes On this particular podcast, uh, when I've dealt with depression, and that is Season 1, Episode 11, as well as Season 3, Episode 8. Again, that is Season 1, Episode 11, Season 3, Episode 8. In Season 1, we did Weathering the Storm Of, and in that, we had a whole episode on Weathering the Storm Of, Depression. Again, that's Episode 11 in Season 1. And then in Season 3, it was Weathering the Storm Like. And we looked at biblical examples. And in that particular podcast episode, we discussed the example of Elijah. And so if you would like to go back and listen to those uh, along with this one, hopefully those three pod- or these three podcast episodes uh, will be helpful for you. If you are weathering the storm of depression, or if you know someone who is and you want to help them maybe get through this, this process, I want to encourage you to go and, and to check those out. So what do you do when you grieve? And you've been through. The you've kind of come through that. You've been through the what if stage. You realize, okay, there's nothing now that I could have done. You've been through the anger stage. You're angry at maybe the person who who died, or maybe maybe someone else who who in your mind they should have been there to prevent it, or maybe you're mad at yourself. Let's say you've gotten through that. And now you've come to this depressed state where you just don't want to do anything. You don't want to move. You don't want to eat. You don't want to be around anybody. How can you weather that kind of storm? With that, I kind of want to combine a few thoughts from the two episodes I mentioned to you and share them here because I believe it fits. And hopefully it'll be beneficial for you if you are struggling with depression, especially if you are grieving. And this is a part of that cycle. What do I do when I'm striving to weather the storm of depression? The first thing that that I want to bring out is that when I'm depressed, I need to surround myself with the right kind of people. I need to surround myself with the right kind of people. When my dad died, I was in such shock and really, I didn't know. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know what to do. I tried my best to be calm because my wife and my children were in the house uh, when all this took place. I didn't want to startle them. Uh, in fact, my twins were sleeping. They slept through the whole thing. Um, it was just a very strange day. And I had family who were there. They showed up. And they were there for us. Uh, the local preacher there, Rick Lawson, and his wife, Mary, and their family were incredible. Uh, the elders of the congregation there in Adairsville, Uh, We're all there, just incredible support from the church family there, Uh, and also my church family here in Quitman. They were incredible through all of it. And when I look back at that, I say, you know, how did I, how was I able to kind of hold myself together? Well, I had great people around me, and that makes such a difference. I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. My wife has been my rock through all of this. You know, yes, that was my father, but that was her father-in-law and she loved him. And and, you know, they they cut up and and really we've been together for almost 10 years. And so she really, really got close to him and they had a special relationship. And I know it was very, very tough for her, but she was strong for me. And so I was able to surround myself with, with good people, the right kind of people. And when you go through a stage like this, when you're grieving, especially when you're depressed, it's so important that you surround yourself with the right kind of people, because there are the wrong kind of people out there. You've heard this phrase, misery loves company. Well, sometimes you have to be careful about the company that you keep. A biblical example is is that of Peter. You know, Peter denied the Lord three times. He knew that Jesus was going to die. And when Jesus gave him that look, and I can't imagine how piercing that look must have been for Peter, the Bible says that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. He, I would say, was in a depressed state. I have just denied my Lord. I told him there's no way I would have done it. I told him I was ready to die with him. I've denied him. And now he's going to be crucified. I wonder if if Peter felt guilt and remorse and and just maybe even though of course it wasn't his fault for him to kind of blame himself and to go through the what if stage and to go through these stages of grief that we're talking about. But no doubt we know that he loved the Lord. We know that he took this very hard and he was in a depressed state as he went out and he wept bitterly. On the other side you have Judas. Now Judas would have been uh, would have fit the bill because, of course, he's the one who betrayed Jesus. And when he went back and tried to give the money back, they said, we don't care about that. We we used you for what we wanted. We got what we needed, and we don't need you no more. Now, Judas did not surround himself with the right people, did he? You remember Peter was there with the other uh, disciples after Jesus had died, and they were there uh, awaiting you know, what was going to happen next, but he was with the right people. Judas went to the wrong people, surrounded himself with the wrong people, and ultimately he took his life. And a lot of that had to do with how he handled that depression. He didn't handle it the right way. So when you and I, when we go through depression as we grieve, let's remember to get together with the right kind of people. Number two, when you are depressed and when you're trying to weather that storm, look for positives. Look for positives. You know, for me... Um, watching my dad go through what he did. I tried my best to look at some positive things. And one positive thing is he's not suffering anymore uh, in this life. He's not struggling with the things of this life anymore. Um, You know, not only that, but if I can say it this way, he went out in such a way that was very sudden and he didn't feel anything. Uh, we just got the death certificates a few days ago, and reading that report from the m e it just you know reminds me of of what took place that day, but it was it would have been sudden he wouldn't have felt it, and I don't know in, in a time like that, you just look for some things that that might be positive for me. The most positive thing that I can think about is that I knew that he loved me, and he knew that I loved him, I respected him. Uh, we were there for him to help him, and I know that I did everything I could to help him, whether it was taking him to the doctor or having conversation with him, uh, doing whatever I could. I, I know that, and that helps me to get through this, knowing that you know I, I really could not have prevented this from happening, no matter what I had tried to do. Now, one of the positives that I think about is the fact that he was able to come to the gospel meeting. He came every night. We got to spend that time together. We got to uh ride out to see uh, the people there, uh where mama was, and we got to uh enjoy that time together, me and him, and got to watch the World Series game that night. We got to eat some good food that my wife made, and so in those last few moments, there are some positives. There are some things that, that put a smile on my face, you know, thinking about him and, and thinking about the relationship that, that we started to have once I went off to school and just going back through some pictures and things like that. So, when you are battling depression, look for positives. Sure there's a lot of negatives you can focus on, but try your best to focus on the positives and that will help. Number 3. When you are grieving, when you are depressed, be patient with yourself and with others. Be patient with yourself and with others. You have to be patient with yourself to allow yourself this time to grieve. Allow yourself time to cry, to pray, to just reflect. Allow yourself that time. Don't try to keep it bottled in or I'll make it worse. Be patient with yourself to get through this. You know, I heard um, there's a a health and wealth prosperity preacher out there, if you want to call him a preacher, and a family. uh, They had lost a love. I believe they lost a child. And this preacher told them, you know, you should only grieve for, I don't know what he said, maybe six weeks. And then you need to move on because if you don't, that means you doubt God. That's a horrible, horrible thing to say to somebody. Don't put a timeline on it. Don't put a limit on it. You do what you need to do to get through it. And so be patient with yourself. But I wanted to add, be patient with others. You know, there are other people who, who are trying to help uh, they may not say the right thing at the time, or they may kind of be overbearing, but try to be patient with them and and love and appreciate the fact that they want to be there for you. And that's something that I've struggled with uh, throughout, you know, sometimes when I go through bad times, sometimes I just want to be by myself. But you know, when you when you come out of your shell a little bit and you go and be around people, you'll feel better. It'll help you. You may not want to, but if you'll just get up and go through with it, it will make you feel better. And I'm speaking from experience when I say that. And so when I'm grieving, when I'm depressed, I need to get together with the right people. I need to look for positives. I need to be patient with myself and with others. And then number four, find your purpose and stay busy. Find your purpose and stay busy. For me, I have a lot that motivates me. I have a lot that keeps me going. I have a beautiful wife, I have four beautiful children, and that right there is enough to motivate me to get up and go, to get up and be the best husband, the best father that I can be. I have an incredible church family here, the Quitman Church of Christ in Quitman, Georgia, incredible leadership with our three elders, with our seven deacons, with the families that are here. I have an incredible support system. And that motivates me to want to be the best preacher that I can be, the best minister and servant that I can be. I have a great community here, and I want to be the best that I can be for the community. I'm privileged to be an employee of Georgia Christian School. I teach Bible there, and I'm the head baseball coach of the varsity team. I want to be the best coach, the best teacher that I can be. And so find your purpose. Find what brings you that joy, and find what you are passionate about, and go for it. And immerse yourself in that. For me, it's doing the work of God. It's being with my family. It's coaching baseball, the sport that I love so much. Find your purpose. And do your very best to stay busy. As I mentioned, I've got plenty to keep me busy. uh, And that's been a good thing. It's been very healthy for me. But you know, my mom, who I have no doubt is listening to this episode, uh, as she battles the Guillain-Barré syndrome that she's been diagnosed with you know that's her mindset as well you know she could sit there and 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 feel bad about the situation but instead she makes the choice every day to get up and find her purpose and her purpose is to get better her purpose is to regain her health and her strength so she can get back the life that she had that she can get back to holding her grandchildren she can get back to uh, helping other people see the beauty of Jesus and that's what I love about her and respect about her so much. Find your purpose. Be active. Be busy. Stay busy. And know that the Lord is going to be with you as you grieve. And so I hope and pray that as you've listened to this episode today, if you're battling depression, that you'll keep going. That you'll keep moving. That you remember these four things that we talked about and be encouraged by them. And remember that if you are going through depression, keep that in mind. You're going through it. As David said in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why did he say that? He said, for you are with me. Let's remember that God is with us as we go through these trials of life, as we face the storms of life. Even when we grieve, even when we're depressed, our Lord is with us and he will help us get through it. I thank you so much for listening today. May God bless you as you weather the storm. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use. And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much and God bless.